Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 300, the election results episode, yes, 2022, election day has come and gone, and today's episode, we're going to talk about what happened in Texas, and what does that maybe mean for us? But before that, let me remind you, like, share, subscribe, and comment Help the podcast grow. It matters what we do and the message is getting out. I had a very weird uh, week running up to the election. It's like all social media clamped down next to nothing. Apparently they didn't want any alternative voices being heard. <laughs> Imagine that. In any case, election's over and let's get into it. All right, so... According to Matt Rinaldi, who would be in a great position to know, apparently we've gained two U.S. House seats in the representation of Texas. Keeping in mind, last I saw, uh, Miss Flores out in West Texas actually lost her seat. So we've picked up two seats, probably three seats, and had to give up that one in the Texas House we netted one. We could have netted two, and I'll get to that in a little bit. And in the Texas Senate, we netted one more as well. Um, that puts us in a pretty good position. It's 19 to 12. Uh, in case you're doing the math in your head, that's 31. And in the uh, Texas House, we went up one. Could have been two. But... All the statewide officers won. It wasn't really even close. I I did find it ironic that they noted that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton hung on to his seat after they trumpeted that Abbott and Lieutenant Dan both won easily. We're talking about a point or two percentage that there was difference there from what I saw. The final tallies, it might have been slightly closer, but come on. It wasn't even close. It was never going to be close. Beto, the three-time loser, maybe he'll go away now, maybe not. We were all gamed. Do you think it was any coincidence we heard for the last several weeks, the red rave, the red tsunami, it's inevitable, the Republicans are going to crush it, it's the worst economy in 40 years, oh, woe is me, and really? We'd be lucky at this point to net two Senate seats at the U.S. House. I'm sorry, the U.S. Senate. And we'll maybe kind of sort of take the House, but being that they all lack spines, it won't make a difference. So that brings us back to Texas. We also gained a member in the State Board of uh, Education. And the good guys won in there. Uh, They were wanting to deal with the CRT and hopefully the porn in the schools. So maybe just maybe we'll roll back some of the abuses by the local school districts. I will be waiting to see if that comes to fruition and I won't be holding my breath. Um, an acquaintance of mine had posted how we expect to be let down. We, we kill ourselves to get these people across the finish line, knowing full well that within a month of their cycle they will let us down 
They'll kill legislation without letting us know, just so their party members won't have to vote against it. Or vote for it, so they might look bad to their moderates that help them get elected. Now, as a party, it is a coalition. And what is never lost on me, but appears to be lost on a great number of people, the moderates can do nothing if they don't have the grassroots in the quote-unquote right wing. But the right wing seems to occasionally forget we can't get anything done at the grassroots level if we don't keep the moderates at least nominally happy. So that means as a coalition party, we have to be careful, we have to be respectful, and we have to treat everybody fairly. So now we should have netted one more house seat. It was drawn to where it could have been a net one. But unfortunately for Collin County, they were not really friendly with the person who ultimately won the nomination in HD 70. And the person who won the nomination in HD 70, Jamie Jolly, notified the entirety of all the precinct chairs at an executive committee meeting. I don't need you. She would win without us. She spent $2.4 million trying to prove that to be the case. And alas, it looks as if she may lose by 900 votes. Those same moderates, the same Democrats that convinced her and helped her to get across the finish line in the Republican primary, and we'll recircle that in just a minute, abandoned her to vote for maybe not even their first choice in the Democrat primary. So when you make friends and allies out of people that, quite frankly, don't stand for the things you stand for, that don't have a similar value set, that don't actually care about the things you care about, don't be surprised when they stab you in the back. That's a lesson we could all learn from all our elected officials. They will, when I say they, I mean all but a few exceptions, will have no problem selling out their constituents if they think it will help them get ahead or perhaps pull the wool over everybody's eyes so they can win yet another re-election. So today is day one of hold these people accountable. What does that mean? Well, that's a very good question. What does that mean? As I have said time and time again, we can't fix D.C., We could barely affect an outcome in Austin, but the Republicans have gained a seat in the state house and the state Senate. And I would imagine they would like to keep it that way. I mean, after all, they did redistrict so that they would gain and protect a couple of seats. So let's see what they do with it. If you have the time, the money, the inclination, please, please, please consider going down to Austin. And letting them know exactly what it is you expect. And if you live in Collin County, you can look up Brandon Burden. He is organizing bus rides down there, I think once a week during the entirety of the state legislative session. If you don't know who that is, you can look up the North Texas Conservatives. They'll be happy to put you in touch with them. Or if you're particularly froggy, you can look up my buddy Kyle Sims. And he might just bring you along so they can go down and uh, rattle some cages down in Austin, if you will. 
And if he's not going, he can probably point you to somebody that is going. Here's the thing. Again and again and again, I got to keep reminding people, these state reps and these state senators forget that they work for us. We are the ones that got them across the finish line because we have a vested interest in keeping uh, the less bad, the less bad candidate, the less bad representative in Austin. So they will do less damage to us in the long term. We, we make a commitment and many of us go above and beyond to help these guys get elected and no sooner they get down there, they just go to work for the Speaker of the House or Lieutenant Dan or worse yet, the governor. Guys, guys, the whole purpose of going down there is to represent your constituents, to stand for us in Austin. If you're not willing to do the job, don't run. If you're not willing to make the sacrifice and perhaps upset the party boss or the governor or the lieutenant governor, don't run. If you're not willing to put your neck out and say, I support the Speaker of the House actually only appointing we from the majority party into roles of leadership into the um, committee chairmanships, if we're not willing to say that, then what good is it? Now, one of the candidates in uh, HD61 correctly pointed out that it really doesn't matter what I want. What's going to happen is they're going to appoint some Democrats as committee chairs. That's a foregone conclusion because Dade Phelan is going to be the next Speaker of the House. And when you pushed on it, well, yeah, I could, I could put my nook out there. I could, I could support the other guy. But to what end? Because now I won't be able to serve anywhere. Now I will have no voice because I've poked the Speaker of the House. Well, I got to tell you, the primary problem is, is we've given far much, far too much power to the Speaker of the House. We've allowed for a conglomeration of power to be vested into one person who has an outsized value of himself and dictates all the terms to a lot of people that quite frankly should be on near even footing with that person. So I ask you, if we have yet another extra state rep and perhaps maybe they're nominally conservative, might they be interested in saying, you know what, what are our other options? Could we elect somebody else? This should and was requested to be settled by Republicans in a special closed-door meeting with no Democrat influence. But yet again, they're not interested in doing that. No, no, they will line up to support the weakest guy or the guy that's going to give them the least amount of pushback and get him across the finish line. The rest of the Republicans be darned. It's funny how that works, isn't it? On to other news. In local elections, the city of Princeton in their school board election actually elected two patriots, two good people to go help Cindy Darland, perhaps bring some sanity into the Princeton ISD. Unfortunately, it appears that Wiley was not so successful. I'm not quite sure what happened there. They did run a full slate of 
and they did a lot of things right. So it'll be interesting to see what the breakdown of that is. And, and quite frankly, I'm surprised that Wiley's skewed that far left already. Or it could just be the simple establishment. I don't live there. I don't know all the details. But I can tell you, if you're not going to get out and work, you're never going to win. Oh, wait a minute. That's what we said before the midterms. When I and many other people warned you, don't rest on your heels. Don't trust the fact that they claim it's a red wave. Don't trust the fact that it's the worst economy in like 40 years. I mean, after all, Pennsylvania voted in a dead guy and a guy that's half brain dead, allegedly. I mean, allegedly voted them in. I'm still not convinced that, yes, there wasn't some shenanigans going on in the voting there. I mean, we clearly see evidence in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and quite frankly, Nevada once again. And while we're at it, even though I really wasn't intending to do this, just tell me how it is that Wisconsin and Michigan voted in their tyrant governors again. They just, they didn't feel the neck on, or their boot on the neck the whole last two to four years. They didn't really feel like their rights were trampled enough. They wanted some more. I mean, come on, guys. You're in the Midwest. You're supposed to have a little more common sense than that. You're supposed to be able to think beyond just, hey, I want to be able to go kill my baby or, hey, uh, they're going to give me some more free stuff. But what do I know? Back to Texas. It's always back to Texas. You know why? Because we can't fix what goes on in the other states. We can't fix what happens in the national government. However, we do have options here in Texas. And I got to tell you, (laughs) we didn't fix the problems in 2020 and they came back to bite us in 2022. You know, some people have said, look at what happened in Florida. That's what happens when you actually go after protecting the election. Well, I can tell you, That's all well and good, but our last session, they decided to take something that was a felony, voter fraud, and turn it into a misdemeanor. How does that work? Oh, well, that's right, because they don't care about the elections either as long as they win. Now, could we perhaps fix some things with the election? Could we do a little bit better job? Yeah, maybe, sure, but it doesn't mean anything. If you're not willing to hold their feet to the fire, if you're not willing to toss them out, if they do a bad job from time to time, we'll hear about term limits. They think that's going to fix everything. Well, I can tell you the city of Allen had to work and work and work to finally get term limits to retire their mayor that was there forever. And they got three decent guys serving on the, uh, the city council and they do still do some things that quite frankly are embarrassing in the city of Allen, but at least they have some reputation that um, reputation representation that will stand up and speak for their people that will, I don't know, buck the trend, do something beyond just pushing through the status quo. I mean, my own city, McKinney, we're in desperate straits. We haven't won a right of center seat For six years now. There's a number of reasons for that. And I'm not going to blame any one specific person or actually any group at this time. But ultimately, if you want to know why that happens, go look in the mirror. If you want to know why we have poor representation, go look in the mirror. And we're going to have an opportunity coming up in May. And that's how fast these things come because they stack them up this way. 
to potentially replace two seats in the city council. And while we're at it, we have three good candidates that have a fair chance of getting rid of the long-term incumbents that, quite frankly, have done nothing to improve McKinney ISD. Notwithstanding the commentary of our lovely mayor, there are room or there are things that have room for improvement. There are things that need attention. There is room to, I don't know, have a difference of opinion, have a discussion. We don't all have to be in lockstep all the time. When you have a representative republic, when you have a representative government, those people there are supposed to represent more than just one group of people. And if I really thought that 70% of the McKinney uh, population actually was okay with all this, well, maybe that'd be one thing. But I don't. I mean, if we just look at the turnout for the last cycle for the city council and the school board, and the guy that received the most amount of votes, which pushing 70%, if you will, of the voters that voted, the highest percentage, the turnout was still less than 10%. Less than 10% of the people determined who our leadership is across the board in the city of McKinney. And if that doesn't bother you, I don't know how I can fix that. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do to tell you that that's not a good plan. That's not a good program. I'm told that we had in excess of 40% turnout for this election cycle. That's pretty good. We have uh, between six and 700,000 registered voters in Collin County. That means that if we had 300,000 voters, we were doing pretty decent considering. Now, I would like to believe that all those people are at least on the same book as I am, as what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But clearly, that's not the case. You just have to look at certain parts of town and see that we're not doing a good job of getting the word out. We're not doing a good job of telling our story. We're not doing a good job of advocating for freedom, for liberty. We've abdicated that role. We we don't make a good effort to get on city councils. We do very little with the school boards until it's too late. And honestly, a lot of these school boards, it's already too late. They have messed it up so bad. I don't know that we can come back. And while we're at it, let's just be clear. We're not blaming the teachers. It's the school district officials. And quite frankly, the elected officials that ought to be holding those district officials accountable and asking them, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Why are they doing it? But they don't even do that. And when they get in trouble, they hide it, push it under you know, a bushel, right? Pretend that never happened. And legitimately, these are the people, by and large, that are responsible for this scandalous stuff going on. And then we have a whole section of our, <laughs> a whole section of our county that wants to point fingers at the guy that didn't do anything wrong, launches investigations when asked to, and actually stands up for the common man. I just don't get it. 
I don't get it. Now, I realize some of this is politics and it's just business as usual. I, I realize that people have a vested interest and power in maintaining it. That may all be true. But at some point, we got to look past the vision of, hey, you know what? There's a lot of lefties here and they actually think socialism is good. They actually think that the boot on your neck is a positive outcome. They actually think that you ought not be able to think for yourself and you ought not be able to say certain things that hurt their feelings. Where on God's green earth did we get to this point? Where did anybody think this is a good idea? These same people scream about people trying to ban books because they want to limit access in the public schools. But yet they don't allow you to exercise free speech. And then they claim, well, you know, it's a private company and they have the latitude to determine what gets put out on their platform. Unless, of course, they're receiving directions from the FBI, the NSA, the ATF, and the DEA and Department of Justice and all these other alphabet soup agencies that, of course, had a backdoor channel and were happy to regulate what could be done on social media. Oh, I know, I know. Loosen up the tinfoil hat, cows. You know what? If I can't get you to at least look into this for yourself, because I don't want you to take my word for it. I don't want you to trust that just because I said it, it's God's awful truth. That's what it is. This is the gospel. No, I want you to double check me. I want you to do your own research. I want you to put forth just a little bit of effort and determine what's what, what's right, what's wrong, what's accurate, what's false, what's closer to being a good description. I don't claim to always be dead on accurate, but I do my darndest to get the details as close as possible. But the general outcome is what I focus on. Currently right now, it's 49-48 in the U.S. Senate. How many of you think we're going to pick up those three seats? We should have. Shouldn't have even been close. But apparently, you know, no shenanigans going on here. Nothing to see here, good citizen. Go back to... Whatever it is you were doing. That's not the kind of world I want to live in. That's not the way I want to see Texas go. Like I said, we cannot fix what else is going on, but we can stand up and fix Texas. I've got about two months before I'm going to have to tilt heavily into the idea that we have a legislative session going and I'll do my best to report on what's going on there. And hopefully I'll have a somewhat inside source to the actions of what's going on down there, no matter how disgraceful they may be. But until then, we're going to talk about how do we improve Texas at least once a week, maybe even twice a week. And how do we pivot to a more independent stance? And I know, I know a lot of you folks are nervous about the Texas thing. You're, you're not quite sure that's the proper and immediate solution. Okay, well, that's fine. How about a couple steps before that? How about, I don't know, we have our own grid. Let's actually do something to fix it and harden it and make it, I don't know, more flexible. Or how about we acknowledge we have a border that we have every right to control and actually do it. How about we have a right to determine what we're going to do with benefits for people that live here and actually do something about that. How about we start pushing back on federal abuse? 
these alphabet soup agencies that want to operate here with with impunity. How about we do something about that? How about we push back? How about we remind them that we're a sovereign state? Those are some of the things we're going to spend some time looking at here in the next month and a half, two months. Again, we can't fix what goes on outside our own border. But perhaps, just perhaps, with some active voices, with a good movement in this direction already in play, yes, that would be the Texas Nationalist Movement, and with some, let's say, disappointed activists, we can get these things done. We can start moving in the general direction. We could do something less than or short of declaring independence, but we can do a lot of things to improve our resiliency. We can do a lot of things to actually make sure we can act independently if and when we need to. There's no reason why we shouldn't already be doing these things. Now, some of them are being done to be sure the Texas Gold Depository. They're looking into maybe a a Texas... um, gold coin or silver coin and they're they're looking at some other things like that and we have the texas sovereignty bill that will be brought up yet again and hopefully we'll get some movement on it this time around the cos people got what they wanted out of the republican convention i would imagine because you know governor greg wants it the They'll get their renewal again, and hopefully they'll settle down and actually help the rest of us activists get something done that's positive. But when you keep worrying about your specific issue, when you're so fixated on your issue that you cannot in our not even willing to conceive coming alongside and working with other good patriots, other good concerned citizens, other good grassroots activists that have a similar mindset and want similar outcomes because you're so hyper-focused on your thing, you become a detriment to the rest of us. And I, for one, I'm not enthusiastic about that at all. I think that is a recipe for disaster and I just don't understand why it's so hard to convince people of that? Why why it's a challenge to get people to understand that you have to be able to work with people that are nominally on your team? The Republican Party is going to have to spend some time doing some soul searching, determining do they really want to make a difference? Do they really want to see a positive outcome? Well, they can't do it when they run astroturfed people for representative. I'm looking at you, HD 70 who, when they get a little upset that there's pushback or unhappiness from the grassroots, well, I don't need you to win. You're not necessary. (laughs) Okay. You lost by 900 votes. Now, maybe you'll do a recount. Maybe just, maybe you'll win or come closer, but it should never, ever been that close. Had you just swallowed your pride a little bit? Had you been willing to work with the people that were there? Yeah, no, they weren't happy. You weren't their first choice. But we Republicans do that all the time at the grassroots level. We accept that we got the 
less than stellar choice we really wanted, but we always work to get those people elected. We always swallow our pride and say, well, we're going to have to take this because it's better than the other option. So now, Collin County, welcome to the communist state rep. Oh, you say she's not a communist? Okay, well, that still remains to be seen. Let's just go with socialist Democrat. How about that? Is that fair? I mean, I truly hope that's not the case. I, I hope I hope that's hyperbole. I hope that's people exaggerating out there just because it's a Democrat. I would hope. But we cannot keep hitching our wagons to the latest convert that sees the full-on crazy of the Democrat Party and they want to flee. We can't hitch our wagons on to these basically unrepentant people coming here from other states like locusts because the state they were at got destroyed. And they claim to be good conservatives. But when they get here, we really find out eh, they're moderates. They're right moderates. But they're still... Nah, they're not willing to fight. They just, they they didn't want to stay and fight for their own state because, you know, when they had the chance, they didn't and they lost it. So now they want to just go and coast, which is honestly what I think the whole problem was in the layout of what happened yesterday. They were just coasting. But again, we can't fix what happened in the other states, but we can improve Texas. We can make the step forward. And if someone out there I'm just going to put this out there. If someone out there can get word to Glenn Beck. Hey Glenn, you're in Texas. You know what's going on. You need to be interviewing Daniel Miller. You need to put him across the seat and grill him. Give it a nice long podcast interview. Give him all the questions. I know Glenn, that you saw the light on Convention of States. I like those people. I consider them allies. I bear them no ill will. I just don't agree with them. And now that you've seen, well, we just don't have the men to go there. We'd, we're not going to make get this what we want. What other options do we have? Glenn, check it out. Somebody tell Glenn. Check it out. We have the preeminent expert. A phone call away. Call Daniel Miller. Reach out to the guy. Check it out. Even if you're not willing to declare independence, even if you think that's a step too far, all the other things that could be done in the lead up to that are clearly within the sphere of influence of the Texas nationalist movement. It's not a stretch. we got to double down and defend Texas first and foremost. Only when Texas is an absolute readout and strong like it ought to have been for all these years that we pretended that we were as we imported people from other parts of the country or other countries in general that came here and didn't share our values. They didn't share our concerns. They, in fact, are looking to destroy that which made Texas special. Much like they destroyed the majority of the states and the rest of the country that made our country special. We got to go down fighting or we're just going to go down. I wish I could remember which uh, patriot in the Revolutionary War said this. We must all hang together or surely we will hang separately. And that's how I'll leave it, folks. 
All is not lost. We are actually in a good position. Time to dig the trenches and be ready for battle. Going forward, hold our own people accountable. And if they do not the job we sent them to, we have to be willing to cut them loose. And with that, I'll be back Thursday. I will see you on the other side.